This is Encore Performances, reconnecting with friends of GBA. I'm your host, Joel Carson, the Executive Director of the Geoprofessional Business Association. GBA is known for engaging with amazing speakers at our conferences, and in this series, we reconnect with past keynotes that have become old friends of GBA to see where life has taken them and learn from their journey. They are American heroes, best-selling authors, business leaders, executive coaches, all experts in their field and brilliantly engaging. I hope you enjoy reconnecting with these friends of GBA as much as I do. Today, I'm reconnecting with a person who may be the most memorable of experts that we've had at our conferences, Michael Alasso. Hello, Michael. Good to see you again. Uh, Michael is an award-winning speaker. He's an executive coach, a master communications expert, actor, choreographer, writer, teacher, and overall just a friend of GBA. Good morning and welcome, Michael Alasso. Hello, Mr. Carson. You and your team I've really missed. Who wouldn't want to hang with a geophysicist? Hi, GBAI. Hope you all will inspire us. How yes. we can get through this darn coronavirus. Hey, GBA. Ladies and gentlemen, he is back, Michael Alasso. <laughs> Uh, Michael, when we first met, it was uh, way back in 2016 in Seattle, and your presence at our conference, the energy that you brought, it was just so delightful, and, and equally as important, the information that you shared with us was so valuable, and our members demanded that you rejoin us immediately after that conference so that you could build on that topic. And we invited you back to our 2017 conference in Washington, DC. Your presentations were just so powerful for us. And I've heard over and over from our members how much they learned and how important applying the information that they learned from you was to them. You just taught us how to be our best, how to have our best day every minute of every day and to upgrade our leadership skills and our communication skills so that everyone around us will have their best day because exceptional leadership is infectious. But these are challenging times for all of our members. And so how do we continue to have our best day when we may be working from home and not have the opportunity to interact with our coworkers, our clients, and all those people that are important to us in our day-to-day -day basis? Joel, that speaks to the excellence of the GBA folk. Sometimes when people meet me and they see the title of my program, they say, oh, you and your best day, you're having your best day. What happens when you don't have your best day? They think that's really funny and sardonic. And the, the answer is pretty simple. I never have a bad day. And Joel, you know me well enough. I'm not lying. I don't have a bad day. Bad things happen to me like everybody else, but I control whether I'm going to have an excellent day or not. I choose that. The, the big piece that people forget is the word intentionality. You have to be intentional about what you choose to do. And so right now, more than ever, Joel, 
that idea of intentionality is critical because act one and act two are all blended together. Do you remember what I call act one and act two, Joel? Because you are a master of both acts. Do you remember the distinction I make about what act one is and what act two is? No, I don't, Michael. Good, so it's time for a refresher. So <laughs> act one is your business day. I know we're in a business meeting right now, we're having a business interview, but guess what? Act two is CC, it's Nick, it's Otis the Vishla. And what's happening right now, Joel, is that because so many of us are working from our homes, the, the, the space between act one and act two is invisible. They're blending into one. I'm in my house right now. So if, if I were in Washington or Washington DC, working with you and the association, when I finish, I can go drive to a coffee shop. Uh, I can drive. I have the downtime going to the airport. When I finish with you today, I'm gonna to open the door to my office and Peggy's gonna be standing there. So what I call act one is our business life and act two is our personal life. And Joel, I don't know about you, but in any play I ever saw, act two is more important than act one. And well, the whole idea now is how we refuel so that act two stays the most important. And that's harder than ever right now. So I don't know how you've been feeling, but I, I usually don't get tired. My voice gets tired, but I don't get tired. At the end of these days when I'm virtually communicating all day, when I'm looking at 30 faces on a screen, giving feedback to everybody, at supper time, I'm enjoying that supper and I'm not especially motivated to do more work after supper. So I do all my preparation for the week over the weekend. This is day 74 of my lockdown. So right now it's how do we honor our families at the same time that we honor the people on the screen. And maybe that's why we'll act one and act two didn't stand out to me so much that they were two different presentations and they weren't because it's so blended together. And I think that's something that you taught to us and something I've read in, in other books that I've read is that our clients, our number one clients need to be our families. We can bring our business voice and our business game to one place, but we have to apply that at home and, and share all those things of intentionality and energy and, and compassion. They all have to blend together, I think, is what you've taught me into one best day ever that includes family as well as coworkers. You're 100% right. The energy needs to be higher now than ever because you don't know what stories people are bringing on to the screen, Joel. You turn on the computer, what I have to assume is those other people on the screen have bigger problems than I do, because it's probably accurate. There are people yeah. suffering right now with a special needs child in the home, people who are drug or alcohol dependent, aging parent that they can't be with, um, a life partner that's struggling with an existing condition and afraid to even go out. I mean. I've done about, I think I've done 52 seminars since my lockdown started on Friday the 13th of March. And the stories are pretty much infinite about what people are bringing to the screen. So what I have to assume as a leader is that my problems are not as big as the other people on the screen. And I'm always right, Joel. So as a leader, we have to show up and shut up. George W. Bush says, 
Nobody wants to hear the president say, oh, woe is me. And he's right. Now, that's not to deny that we don't have our problems. And right now, more than ever, Joel, I think the sense of what I call intimacy, you almost can't be too intimate now because you have this screen, which is automatically uh, not intimate. I can't shake hands with you. I can't hug you. And so there is this division. So more than ever, that personal care, that understanding, I have to know your wife's name. I do have to know your dog's name. I do have to know what's going on in your family. It's not optional now, and that's not too personal, because people are bringing that every day, that, that seamless blend between act one and act two is more dominant than ever. So now's the time to ask those questions. You can't over-communicate right now. You can't care too much. And yes, you know, Dr. Brene Brown says, uh, if you don't own your own feelings, they'll eat you alive. You may be afraid, but you do it anyway. It's not that I'm saying you don't share your feelings, your fears, your problems. But if you're the leader, you can't use that as an excuse for underachieving. That's an obstacle you have to turn into an opportunity. Absolutely. I agree. And opportunities abound in this time um, where we may think that we've been limited. Um, it seems that um, I think one of your really important points also was your three words, structure, freeze, creativity. And while my first reaction to this whole lockdown may have been, oh boy, we can't do anything right now. We can't meet with our members. We can't hold our board meetings. But I have noticed that great leaders have become very creative and reinvented themselves through this process by using technology that we may have resisted because we felt it was impersonal or not as efficient. And it's just been inspiring. Have, have you seen some of that inspiration yourself through this process? Absolutely. I see, I see families now sitting down and having dinner with one another and asking people around the table what they're grateful for. Why didn't we do that before? What a lovely thing to do. Uh, I have had 74 straight dinners with my wife, Peggy. Why didn't I do that before? Why, why, why wasn't that happening before? We do family Zooms weekly. I do a family Zoom with my two brothers and their wives. I do a family Zoom with our kids and their children. Why didn't we do that before? So traditions, I think Joel and the new normal will carry this in, whatever that new normal is gonna be. And I love that you remembered Structure Freeze Creativity. That is right out of a, a directing book. To remind you, I have, I'm, I have my Master's of Fine Arts in Directing. And it, it's a book called A Sense of Direction by William Ball. And he says Structure Freeze Creativity it's an offshoot of uh, necessity is the mother of invention. And a lot of people don't get it. They think those are counterintuitive. They're antithetical, unstructured people, non-creative people, non-creative people, non-structured people. That is such a myth. And how perceptive of you, Joel, to understand that that idea gets exacerbated now because of COVID. One thing that I'm finding is some leaders are a little disrespectful of the other people on the screen and their time, assuming that we're all at home, we're all in our pajamas, 
So let's just get together, sit, and we'll chat. Whatever time the meeting starts, whatever it ends, agenda, no. Very, very disrespectful. As far as I'm concerned, if you don't have a strong objective and structure for that meeting, don't have one. It needs to be clear and you need to state it. You need to start at the time you say you're gonna start. You need to end at the time you're gonna end. More than ever, now we all know those things we should do anyway, now you have to do them. You yeah. absolutely have to do that. And so I'm finding that those leaders who have a hot beginning, who start their meeting with vibrancy, state the objective, and then drive toward that objective and make the meeting a conversation rather than a monologue, they're having the most success. Biggest, the biggest obstacle I'm finding, Joel, is people are having fatigue, virtual right. fatigue. The number one question I'm getting asked these days are, how do you engage people? How do you keep people interested? And we must do that. It takes much more energy than it ever did before. And you do it through hot openings. You do it through a respectful time frame. You do it through a stated objective that's exciting and vibrant. You do it by keeping it a dialogue. You keep it by noticing people. You know, I have to notice you. I have to notice the way you chose to dress today. That is respectful. See, Joel, the new normal is that we're all TV stars now. <laughs> all in these little screens. So you're a TV star. So I'm watching. So I see the duck behind you. That's not, it's not random. I see the bookcase. I see that you're smiling. I see that you wore a blazer. I see that you have a pound and a half of product in your hair. I see all that. All those things become more important now, not less important. Joel, do you remember um, when, in Game of Thrones last year when the Starbucks cup appeared in the frame? And it was front page that. news. Everybody yeah. talked about it. Well, we're all in Game of Thrones now and everyone's <laughs> going to see the Starbucks cup. So you don't get away with anything. And this is where we actors have a little bit of advantage is that I'm used to looking in the camera and reading the cue cards and seeing the producers glaring at me on both sides. So that's a lot of what I'm helping leaders to do is how do you communicate through this screen? It needs to be specific and you're a great role model for it. And so Joel, now we have to be costume designers, lighting designers, set designers. You know, your lighting's excellent. You have a window behind you. Generally, people have a window behind them, and these kinds of things become totally blacked out. Yeah. You've obviously thought about your lighting. You thought about what you were going to wear today. You thought about how you looked. So look, you're a lighting designer, you're a costume designer, and then look at your set. The duck, the books, the little asymmetry. I love it. All that becomes more important now than it ever was before. To your point, something that has been a challenge for me is my system is set up with a screen in front of me with my camera right here, uh, but my notes are up here. And even if I try to bring the merge those two together, it's noticeable that I'm looking up at notes. And so for our members who are not used to being television stars, um, it, the, these are little things that are very noticeable or, or even worse, if your screen is over here, things that I think our members could greatly remember that they are being television stars now. And, and it takes a little bit of effort to, to prepare for and to conduct a meeting where we truly connect with those that we're talking to. 
Structure um, frees creativity. You got to prepare. Uh, do you know who John Kabat-Zinn is, Joel? He created the Center for Stress Reduction. No. What I'm finding is lots of people are stressed right now. A 13 and 11-year-old in my life are stressed. Their school structure has been removed. Their social structure has been removed. And, and what John Kabat-Zinn says, he says, the little things, the little moments, they aren't little. It's not little to think about the things you're thinking about. All those things are making an impact on somebody. It speaks to your excellence. And those things aren't little. Asking me about my family is not little right now. Some people mistakenly call that small talk. No, 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 no. that's big talk. Yeah. My family, that's big talk. If I ask you about CC, that's big talk. That's not small talk. Yeah. That's big talk. So flexibility seems to be a, another thing that's really important now. Can you imagine if being in an office situation and having a five-year-old come run up and sit in someone's lap while they're in a conference room full of clients or coworkers, for me was a challenge initially, but I've learned to embrace it because that's real life. And that's who our, who our members are. That's who my friends are. That's who my coworkers are. And it has actually become joyful to see those little moments in their lives that I would otherwise not have the opportunity to do if we were actually in an office setting. And that's been kind of a, a little golden nugget that's, uh, that's been uh, something totally unexpected, a, a delightful surprise through this whole thing. That's so indicative of your excellence, Joel. Because Joe, remember in, in the keynotes, I talked about focus and concentration. We as actors call it about being in the moment. Athletes call it being in the zone. In the old normal, if your child walked up in the middle of a business meeting, your dog stepped in your lap, we would have thought that was inappropriate focus. In the new normal where we are now, well, I love what you said. Not only is it not a problem, it's a positive thing. See, the, the psychologists call it the unresolved gestalt, the cliche for it's the elephant in the room. So right now, if, you're, if your Vishla Otis climbs in your lap and starts <laughs> panting into the camera, and I ignore that, how incredibly stupid of me to ignore that. Who's prettier, Otis or me? That's a, it's rhetorical. Obviously, it's Otis. And I see some leaders struggling. They have to maintain decorum and they try to ignore that, no, no, no. Not only do you not ignore it, you embrace it. You embrace it, you talk about it. And it's, it's fun, it's important. And then you have to figure out how you get us back on track to continue the business meeting. But it's not ancillary, it's not an interruption. It is actually the fabric of the meeting now. That is different, Joel, than if Cece accidentally walked by you right now in the background and it was a mistake and she quickly moved those you ignore, you don't want to embarrass anybody. Those the old rules apply, but not the, I had a guy last week, Joel, and one of these, his cat was sleeping on his head. <laughs> he was like, yeah, that's what, and he says, you know, my cat, I'm home now. Oh, Joel, Bridie owns me now. Four walks a day, she decides when we play tug of war, when we play fetch, what time I get up, and for her mind, it's sunrise. She likes sunrise. I would like to have a 33-pound Wheaton Terrier on you every morning, kissing your face, and that's the first thing you see in the morning. That's a new normal. Hello. Yeah. yeah. Let's go. 
<laughs> yeah, we don't get mints on our pillows anymore, but we do have the benefit of having our puppy wake us up in the mornings. <laughs> Maybe that's, that's something awesome. you should you should ask your wife if she would start putting mints on your pillows so you feel more comfortable at home. <laughs> she keeps asking me, Joel, uh, do you miss traveling? And it's it's not that I miss traveling. I love being home. And see, that's, that's why the nature of your questions are so important. What we have to do during this time is not whine about the obstacles, but how we turn those obstacles into opportunities. What can we do to make this an opportunity for us? So my point about you know, gratitude, we did, my niece Kristen, God bless her, she's from Burlington, Vermont, and you know how those people are. So Kristen is the nicest, crunchiest, loveliest person. And she had a freebie Zoom, so that means 45 minutes. And her idea was to do a big extended family Zoom. So this is uncle, and, you know, I think there must have been about 50, 60 people. And not everyone had their own cubicle. Many of them were together. And Joel, it was chaos. Kids screaming, looking in the thing. Simon, my six-year-old grandson, left the picture for, I don't know, a couple of minutes. He came back with his mother's brassiere on his head, like making faces in the camera. It was a zoo. Uncle David halfway through said, I'm getting out of here. This isn't for me. And just laughed, turned off. And I don't know, we must've had about 12 or 13 minutes left. And Kristen turned to me and she said, Uncle Michael, can you take it from here? And so what I did is I said, all right, everybody, let's go around corner face by camera by camera, little cubicle by cubicle, and just share with uh, the rest of the family something that you're taking away from this COVID-19 experience. Now, you would have thought, Joel, that because it was so contrived and cheesy, and you know, I'm Italian Catholic, people are going to say sarcastic, make fun of me. Joel, two of one, every cubicle rose to the occasion and actually spoke simply yet eloquently about what happened here, what the value is. Uh, Michelle Obama says, be grateful for what you have and be ready to share it when the time comes. This is the time. Yeah. This is the time right now. And all she's doing is paraphrasing Luke 12. You know, it's like, we have much. My family has much. And so to take a moment to share what it is that they have and what they've learned is our responsibility right now. It really is. So speaking about being creative and adaptable, I'm sure that your life has changed. Um, you have the opportunity to go around and speak to people like GBA members all across the country. Um, in most states across the country, I remember Idaho is one that hadn't made it on your list yet. It's on my list now. I did it. Oh, you did. Awesome. Only two left. <laughs> um, but I imagine that uh, Friday, March 13th, your world changed dramatically. So tell us what you're doing these days and now that you can't travel around and enlighten and energize and, and make people smarter and stronger and more successful. What are you doing? March 13th, my life changed. March 12th, I did a gig in Rhode Island. People were hugging me, drove home. Uh, a client from Houston was in Boston, took me out to dinner, nice restaurant, hugging. The next day, our mutual friend, Charlie Head, 
had booked me for a keynote in Manchester, New Hampshire, canceled. And Joel, within 72 hours, I lost nine keynotes. Now, keynotes are my major source of living. It's a huge percentage of my income gone, wiped out. So I fretted for a while, and then I said, stop being a hypocrite. What are you going to do? And that's when I decided, well, wait a minute, your unique combination of actor skills with leadership, why not blend them and take it to the camera and start making a difference for people, help them A, learn how to communicate via the camera, B, how they can feel good about themselves, and C, how they can heighten their team by showing more respect for their team at a time when we all need that kind of feeling. So I developed this program. I started doing 90-minute Zooms, and clients could opt for longer uh, with more people, but pretty much the model is 90-minute Zoom with 20 people, and it has been so bloody successful, Joel. So I got 20 people on the screen, I'm giving feedback to everybody all at the same time while I'm looking into the camera. It is exciting, it is vibrant, I reinvented myself. And Joel, with all the money that I lost, I said, why not spend more money? So I hired a social media director. Joel, I don't know if you know this about me, I hated social media, no Facebook, no Instagram. I didn't even have a mailing list, Joel. because I had a tiny LinkedIn presence, it just, I'm blessed people hired me, I was doing well, why'd I need it? I needed it, suddenly I needed it. And so believe it or not, a former student of mine, someone I taught eighth grade drama to back in the early 17th century, is a great marketing guru in San Francisco. Hired her, you need to go to my website, michaelalasso.com. I never had a decent website before. She is having a blast. This website, we're launching it this week, ironically. Joel, I finally finished the You and Your Best Day book. I've been practicing. Wow. I finished it. So now I'm exploring layout, cover, publishing it. I finally moved. So I, I said, stop feeling sorry for yourself. Move. Get going. Make sure you're doing something. And so, yes, I'm not making more money. I'm losing more money. But it's an investment in the future. I'm spending a lot more time with my family. That's what I've chosen to do with my lockdown. It didn't happen immediately. It took me a couple of days, but you know how buoyant I am. I said, all right, don't be a hypocrite. I'm a lot of bad things, but I'm not a hypocrite. Turn this obstacle into an opportunity. And I did for myself. And how blessed am I? It's been absolutely wonderful. So that's a great lesson for all of us is to, to look for the opportunities and do something. And so, again, that website is michaelalasso.com. Yes, and keep an eye. The, that's where you'll find out when the book finally gets released. Thank you for repeating that, Joel. And the fabulous Sarah is working with you. You didn't mention her name, but... Uh, My a superstar assistant. Whoo, baby. I'd be nowhere without her. <laughs> it's all, all the great people behind me are women. So you'll see on the website, I have three powerful women who are Michael Alasso. I'm a nobody compared to these three, Joel. They are just that perfect blend. It's kind of like your people, Joel. All three of them have that perfect blend of intelligence, achievement, no excuses, and incredible warmth and kindness, and just a generosity of spirit. 
that's what I'm blessed with to be surrounded with Peggy, Wendy, and Sarah. Peggy, my wife, who's my my inspiration, my muse. Wendy, my new social media director, my former eighth grade student, and Sarah, my assistant, who is a freaking superstar. Who, without her, Joel, you're right, I'm nothing. I wouldn't be here right now. I wouldn't have found my way here on time. She runs my life beautifully. Well, it sounds like I need to get three copies of this recording out to those three important women in your life, and uh, you are going to be taken care of for the rest of your life, my friend. Thank you so much. Thank you for this opportunity, Joe. I appreciate it. So just in closing, Michael, I'd like to ask you a fill-in-the-blank question, and I think you've answered it so poignantly throughout this conversation. The silver lining in all of this is blank. Gather beauty. Open your eyes. Open the windows of your soul. Look out. See the beauty in the world. Gather it. Report it. Let people know. Fill buckets and your bucket will overflow. Amazing. Thank you so much, my friend. I appreciate so much your friendship, everything that you've taught to me, the love that you've shared with me and my family and my extended family of GBA members. And this is just another example of it. And I hope that we can give back to you as much as you've given to us. Thank you, Joel. And I'll close with go Red Sox. (laughs) May we have a season someday. Thank you for listening to this episode of Encore Performances, Reconnecting with Friends of GBA. If you enjoyed this conversation, please subscribe and listen to future episodes. I'm confident you'll be inspired, informed, and entertained. For more great resources to help make you and your business smarter, stronger, and more successful, visit our website at geoprofessional.org. Thank you again for listening to your continued success.